Hello, 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 and welcome to a brand new episode of Squad Up, the podcast about whatever we want it to be about. Games, movies, TV. I am your host, Eduardo, and joining me on the show today, my partner in crime, uh, my best friend in the whole world, no other person that I'm closer to, it's Peaches. Not a single person that I can think of. I thought you were going to say Bailey and break my heart. (laughs) Oh man, I was getting ready for you to say Bailey and I was going to go... Again, <laughs> and now it doesn't really make sense to do that. <laughs> What's going on, What's man? Up, How man? you doing? I'm good. I'm not working. It's great. Yep, same. I mean, I don't have a problem with work. I'm just happy not doing that thing. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that on several levels. And joining us on the squad today, it is my used to be unemployed wife, but now she's got like a part time job while she's in school. The law student acclaimed several mentioned times on the podcast. It's my wife, Bailey. Hello, dear wife of mine, love of my life. Hello. Am I still going to get a shout out if I'm on the podcast? No, (laughs) unless I'm mad at you. I want to thank my mom for this opportunity. Uh, I want to say thank my arms for always being by my side. (laughs) Bailey... You know that you've been preparing for this day for quite some time. I know that your list of top five games is going to stun and shock everyone, and everyone's going to be in awe and so excited. I'm excited, so let's hear it. What are your top five favorite games of all time? We're just going to dive right into it. Dive right into it. (laughs) Just to go to her phone for this information. (laughs) Okay, so I just want to preface this by saying that I had a not very game filled life um, my mom thought games were bad for you and they would rot your brain so my family didn't have a PS2 until I was 13 um, I never had a GameCube never had okay we had a Wii but everyone had a Wii um, I had a Game Boy when I was 5 um, so most of my life I didn't play any games so don't judge my list too hard okay so number 5 is Mario Devil Kart Devil <laughs> oh sorry it was a guess it was a guess bad guess <laughs> um, so number five is Mario Kart um, I don't really have a specific Mario Kart I feel strongly about I just think it's a fun game um, I did most of my Mario Kart playing at other people's houses because I feel like it's a social game so I guess some version of the Wii Mario Kart are there even different versions <laughs> And then we have yes. it for the Switch, but I don't like playing on the tiny controller, so Wii Mario Kart, one of them, number five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four, Lego Star Wars. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. There was something funny that happened in my house. It was, uh, there's a clown in here. <laughs> So my parents changed their parenting strategy after I became a teenager, so I wasn't allowed to play video games, but my little brothers had Game Boys and a PS2 and then a PS3 and they had a Wii and they had an Xbox, so I... What are you doing? Um, So I was only exposed to the games that my little brothers would buy and Lego Star Wars was my favorite. I just think it's really fun. Lego Star Wars actually is not a bad game. And they're so cute. All joking aside. (laughs) It really isn't. 
And it's not like that easy of a game. Like there's a little, it's hard. There's it's, some strategy, <laughs> there's sure. Some strategy. And it's just so cute. It's just fun to play and go through the Star Wars story. Um, I like all the Lego games, but specifically Lego Star Wars is my favorite. Um, number three is Rock Band, <laughs> not Guitar Hero. Well, that's why you are not invited back. <laughs> I think Rock Band is more fun because it's a social game. I feel like Guitar Hero, you just play one person at a time. But I like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, drunk because of Kay. Sorry, real quick. <laughs> just had to say hi. Penguin's in here, too. Drunk because of uh, Kay. Keep going with Rock Band and uh, your blasphemous thing. I'm sorry. I forgot. Oh, I like that it's a more social game than Guitar Hero. I feel like you just play Guitar Hero like alone in your room at night, but Rock Band <laughs> is a social game. You play with your friends and family. Listen, <laughs> this what you just said, I'm already going to start arguing with you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what you just said might have been true in like 2006, but Guitar Hero came out with a version that had a drum kit and a microphone. So they're all party games. I guess, but I liked Rock Band. I also liked like the guitar of Rock Band better than the guitar of Guitar Hero. I'm going to call you out right now. You just don't like the orange button. You can't get the orange button. <laughs> I do have small hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And okay, my last two games are real games that you'll probably have real opinions on. Number two is Super Mario Odyssey. Okay. I mean, I mean, didn't you do like a whole episode on that? Basically? Yeah, we talked about it a lot. Um, Super Mario Odyssey is, you know, I mean, I think it's, um, I had been trying to get her to play games for literally forever. I've tried, I've literally, like, I remember um, I even tried to get to play a couple board games. We bought Machi Koro just because it was like a cute game that she would like and maybe I could get her to play some board games. But video games, we just couldn't, just couldn't break that barrier. And what I really think, um... <laughs> <laughs> and what I really think uh, broke that barrier was um, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, we got Super Mario Odyssey. Well, <laughs> it was a family Christmas gift, but then you have mostly taken the Switch. But during my Christmas break between semesters, I played Super Mario Odyssey until like 2 in the morning every night. <laughs> Do you guys like my addition to the... To the screen. I think it's good. Everyone's gonna be like, who's this woman on Twitch? I made that on the fly. Well, I'm so. proud of you. It really doesn't. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number one game of all number time. One. Okay, number one is the only game that I currently play. Um, it's Splatoon 2 for the Switch. Well, I think it's only for the Switch, right? Uh, well, Splatoon 2 is only for the Switch. Yeah. Splatoon 1 came out for the Wii U. Uh, but Splatoon 2, and it's the only game I've ever played where you can play with strangers online. I've mostly just played weird games. Like, other ones that didn't make the cut were um, Powerpuff Girls for Game Boy Color, um, <laughs> Rugrats in Paris, Mary-Kate and Ashley Get a Clue. So those weren't games where you, like, play with <laughs> other people. You just are going through a story alone. Um... And I'm actually decent at Splatoon, I think. Uh, you're better than me. Yeah. And which is insane, honestly, to think about that you're better at me than any at any video game literally ever. And I play... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
Well, and it pisses me off because you're better than me, and you use the motion. She uses, you know how, like, they have gyroscopic motion controls with the controller? She actually uses that rather than using the right stick. And somehow she's better using motion controls doing this all over the place than actually just using the right stick on the controller. I can't do too many things at once. That's actually kind of impressive because motion controls are not typically very easy. They're not. It doesn't make any sense. I was just Especially on the, the Nintendo consoles, which is a weird thing to say because a lot of those were made for motion controls. Right. I was just born to be a gamer. I was just never given the right tools to succeed. <laughs> Motion controls, that's right. <laughs> so that's my list. Uh, <laughs> I need to talk about something before we start. Um, so we're going to do a huge Harry Potter discussion. We're going to talk Harry Potter top to bottom. It's going to be most of what this episode is about. But I need to talk about something that I've been watching in the meantime. And Bailey, I was watching it a little earlier, maybe literally like 20 minutes ago. Oh and my God. I don't know if either of you have heard about this. So uh, do you know who Shane Dawson is, Peaches? No. Does he have a creek? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he does. You don't know who Shane Dawson is? He's like a big YouTuber. He has uh, I been. I was not lying about it. He's I like a big YouTuber, and he's currently doing a documentary series on Jake Paul. Do you know who Jake Paul is? Yes. All right, so he's like a big YouTuber that mostly streams for little kids and does like a bunch of dumb stuff. And they're going into this whole like documentary series. I've never watched a Jake Paul video, and I've never really seen too much of Shane Dawson, but I am hooked on this series about um, Jake Paul and how Jake Paul's secretly a sociopath and they like trying to figure it out and it's like consumed me and i like wait for the episodes to come out i'm like super psyched for them whenever they show up so that's what i've been watching and if anybody in the chat has seen this please let me know that i'm not one of the only people in the world watching this i know i'm not because there's like millions of views on these videos but i was gonna say you can easily check that on the youtube no no there are literally millions and millions of views people are watching this it's just i'm doing a show with two people that do not I watched his Graveyard Girl expose. What? (laughs) Um, I watch people play video games on YouTube. Graveyard Girl was the first one that he did. That's where he revealed that she was secretly like super rich and has like a million dollar house because of YouTube. She's just not a sociopath like Jake Paul. Same, I think. Uh. Also not a sociopath. So. All right, all right. Enough of me talking about Jake Paul and and Logan Paul and whatever the other person wants. But Bless Sean you. Paul. Sean Paul. <laughs> well, woman, the way that time come, I want to be keeping you are. I want you to talk in a Sean Paul voice for the rest of the time. I will not do that. So the whitest Sean Paul you've ever seen. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about Harry Potter. This whole show is going to be all about Harry Potter. So we're going to start all the way at the top. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the book, releases in 1997 in the UK and 1998 in the USA and takes the world by storm. It's, it's, a, pause, it's a bestseller. Pause, Go ahead. pause, pause. I bet Chelsea Bailey's life that you would say the phrase takes the world by storm. I say that with any popular thing that we talk about. <laughs> I know, and that's why I bet Bailey's life on it. So, Bailey, you're safe. <laughs> also, did it take the world by storm? Was it an instant hit? I think it was, because uh, I remember it seeing that it, um, in the, the research that I did, that um, it won a bestseller by the time it reached the U.S. So it became um, it became a it bestseller in the U.K. England by storm. It, well, it, it became such a hit in the U.K. that it was released in the U.S., and when it became in the U.S., that's when it would kind of blew up. Um, and so... 
Harry Potter's release. Now, I, I want to ask each of you, but I guess I'll start. When I was maybe probably about six or seven years old, I think maybe like eight actually, maybe a little older, um, I was in New Hampshire, which is where I live now. It was a winter. My family was up there. It's weird because when you live in a warm place like Florida, you go to cold places on vacation. It's like a weird thing um, that you do when you live like I was in Orlando. I lived in Orlando my whole life, so we would go up north and we would visit like new hampshire and go to the mountains and be in the snow for vacation because we thought it was fun and so i was in um i was in a little a little town in new hampshire i couldn't tell you where it was it was like one of those towns where it has one main street and then like that was the whole town that's every town and i walked through i remember it was a very snowy night and i walk into this old bookstore and sitting on a shelf is a copy of harry potter and the sorcerer's stone and i'd never seen it before and i was like mom can i get this book like it looks cool, I guess. And I picked it up, and I was hooked ever since. And I have been a huge Harry Potter ever since, Harry Potter fan ever since. So I'm curious to know. Let's start with you, Peaches. Where what your first introduction to Harry Potter was? Yo, Gumby, thanks for the two bits, buddy. Potentially silent bits. <laughs> it's they're they're bits from a mime. <laughs> uh, my first introduction, I don't actually remember, man. I remember um, that my aunt was really hooked on the books before I knew about them. Everybody in my in my school was reading them as they came out. I think I started reading them when the third one was hot shit, sure. um, when Azkaban was hot. And I was Did reading you say them. I, no, I. It's the microphone. Um, <laughs> yeah, Azkaban. <laughs> Sherry Potter's Azkaban. <laughs> Harry Potter's trash can. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I was reading them. I, I've never loved reading, I'll be honest with you. I've never... It takes a lot of focus. I probably have... And I'm not saying this to like... I'm not saying this in a way of trying to be offensive, but I probably do have some form of untreated ADD, ADHD. I've just never been diagnosed with it um and so i have a really hard time focusing on things like that like if i'm trying to read a book and there's any noise at all in the room like and i can hear everything when i'm trying to read i lose all my focus so trying to read these things in a classroom was hard because people are making noises and whatever but they were interesting enough that i got through the first three or the first two and a half rather um and i was halfway through Harry Potter in the trash can when um, <laughs> when the fourth book came out and I saw that it was the size of a Merriam-Webster dictionary and Kid Peaches said, fuck this shit, and he quit. He quit the books because I didn't want to have to try to read a book that was 600 plus pages when I was that young. So did not read the, uh, the books until I was an adult. I didn't read the whole series until I was an adult. You never read. I was born in the Harry Potter books, molded by them. <laughs> molded by it. You didn't read Harry Potter till you were a man. Yeah, that's the story. I read them all. Uh, I read them all. Like I think it was two, three years ago. I read them because of Universal. To be honest with you, I mean, you guys have obviously been to Universal. I've been there with you. Anybody that's been to Universal Studios, Florida, and I think also Hollywood has. Yeah, Hollywood has the Harry Potter stuff too. Mm -hmm. um, like those parks are just so immersive with the Harry Potter details that when I went there for the first time, that is what coerced me into wanting to read the books. I went into the areas and I said, this is 
freaking insane. I want to know everything I can know about this area and why things are the way they are. And I powered through all seven of them like really quickly. I was going to save it to later the show, but we can talk about it now. I really want to hear Bailey's first time with Harry Potter, but we, you brought up the theme parks and those uh, theme park. And and for those of you that don't know, we have all worked in theme park attractions for many years. Um, Bailey and I no longer do. Um, What Peaches does is a mystery to everyone, Um, but we've all worked in, (laughs) we've all worked in theme park attractions. We all did. And so we're very passionate about that. And, um, Specifically, the Harry Potter theme parks, and me, in my opinion personally, Diagon Alley more than more yeah, so. Yeah, I the literally other. cried when we went to Diagon Alley it for the is, first time. It is the most immersive, most. You know what I really think is what really sets like sets the bar for me. King's Cross, that train station, the whole layout of it is just so impeccable. I remember walking in for the first time, and they had the. Um, the guy that that they they pay like music performers to play like it's there in a subway station. There's like a guy with his like his like saxophone case open and he's playing the saxophone in the subway station and it was just such an immersive experience. And I remember dragging Bailey to the closest store so that I could buy a chocolate frog and then eat it while I was on the Hogwarts Express. And it was like I was a little kid. It was the craziest experience of my entire life. It was the best thing I've ever done, and I've been. You didn't want to stop the trolley on the on the express and buy one of everything, or take the whole lot. Uh, If that was an option, I would do that. (laughs) I would literally. And you know what? If there was a person with the trolley, you know how annoyed they would get with people. Every person would be like, "I'll take the lot." (laughs) Literally, literally (laughs) I've never heard that before. I'll take the lot. You're so funny. <laughs> they got real. They got real haunted mansion cast member. In that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, no, uh, you're but the let's first put, person to say dead center to me all day. I want to put a debate out there. We were going to talk about this later, but I want to do it now since we're talking about the attraction. Which Harry Potter attraction is better? Escape from Gringotts or um, Forbidden Journey? Escape from Gringotts. Is it not obvious? <laughs> Here it is. That's the face <laughs> I was waiting for. <laughs> First you don't of, really think that, do you? First of several debates on this show. Oh, no, I'm, I'm serious. This was not... I want everybody out there to know right now, this particular debate was not planned. I had no idea <laughs> that this was a thing. You like Gringotts better than Forbidden Journey? I'm with her. I, I agree. I think the Please. ride system is more unique and interesting than Forbidden Journey. Okay, first of all, more unique doesn't make sense. Unique Second, <laughs> you can't say that on this podcast. I'm gonna have to ban you. Water um, is wet, and uh, <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't understand what the, the ride system is. Also, screens like the rest of Universal. Yeah, but I like the part where you go down. I don't. I just think it's a m- more thrilling ride. Like it's less like you just being waved aimlessly in the air. Also, I like... I don't get it. I'm so lost right now. Well, I think there are better performances in that attraction than in the Forbidden Journey. Like, I think having Hel- uh, Helena Bottom Carter-, Carter in there um, really helps the attraction. I think having Voldemort on the attraction really helps the attraction. Um, honestly, and we can be frank here, we can talk about the movies a little later, but the worst actors in the Harry Potter movies are the three main characters. Yeah. And that is a fact. And that's why I think the supporting cast being the central like figure of Gringotts makes it a better attraction. I agree with you until the last few movies. You think 
We can talk about this later. But you really think well, that Harry... Daniel Radcliffe never becomes a good actor in the Harry Potter movies. He was a good actor in Equus. Dude, he is in my chat right now. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Daniel. <laughs> also, Horns was a really weird movie. <laughs> um, Wait, so, go ahead. So what do you like better about Forbidden Journey? Like, the ride itself. I do think that maybe the exterior for Forbidden Journey is better, but the ride Agreed. itself... Agreed. I, I think like I think I agree with you. I think the queue is more impressive. The queue has a lot of details in it, whereas the Gringotts one is just one one set piece, if you will. It's just like the interior of Gringotts, which still is very pretty, uh, but it's not like a little bit of this section of the castle and a little bit of this section of the castle and so on and so forth. But it's weird that you think the ride system's more impressive on Gringotts because I think the same thing, but about the other ride. Like I think the the claw thing was a lot less used in a moving platform sense at the time that that ride was incepted and then brought to reality. <clears throat> and I think there's a lot more rides <clears throat> that are like Gringotts than there are like Forbidden Journey. Also, I don't really care about what's happening at Gringotts during that ride because some of the things just never really existed in the books, like in the universe. Like what? like the giant troll armor things. What, why do we need those? What, why not? But why do we need them? Well, I'm it's saying it's answer. a world of literally magic, but the magic armor is where you draw the line. Oh no, we've got, also, we've got half is... eagle uh, horse things ah. with uh, wings, but God forbid there's armor that magically turns ah. alive. Woo. I'm not saying they're not allowed to be there or that they're not like, believable i'm saying that i don't care about them like i don't care about these characters you introduce them to me on a ride i'd rather see things if i'm on this ride that's supposed to bring the nostalgia and the feeling of the movies in the universe i want to see something that i recognize not something completely weird and new see, but, but also i will say a point against myself <laughs> for forbidden journey is i have seen the spider part of forbidden Ooh. journey one time and Ooh. i've been on that ride about 20 times <laughs> because every time the spiders come up this is me just waiting for them to go away so i'm with you i'm with you on that i think that's why you don't like it as much. well and <laughs> i think the real reason i don't like it so um the first time i ever went to the harry potter attractions i actually went to the opening of Harry Potter World when it first opened. So Hogsmeade, when that first opened, I was there. It was on June 18th, which for those of you that don't know, is my birthday. So it was like a match made in heaven. And I was like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to go for my birthday and be one of the first people to to be here on opening day. And so I waited. I showed up at like four in the morning. I waited like six hours in line just to get on, just to get in the, the park and then waited another couple hours to get on the ride. And by the time I got off, I was dead like, I had waited so long. Like, I think my first experience was just really, like, not great. And then I think about my first experience going into Diagon Alley, being so over the moon because of how immersed I was, and then getting on Gringotts, and there not being, like, a huge wait, and going through that queue and be like, oh, my goodness, this is insane. I think my first experience really, like, molds how I feel about the attraction. And maybe this isn't from a very rational standpoint. Maybe it's not from an objective standpoint. Maybe it's just me going, well, I think I like that one better because it makes me feel things more. I don't think that's wrong to feel that way. That's 
that's what feelings are about, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to like something more. I just don't have to understand why. <laughs> I mean, I do have to understand why, but it doesn't have to make as much sense to me sure. for me. You know what I mean? Sure. But I think that's like, why I, I enjoy... A Diagon Alley does play a big part in why I think why I enjoy Gringotts more. You know what? If, I, if you like that ride more... Then I and I like the other ride more, whatever. If you don't like pineapple on pizza, which I know you do, and I, do. I like pineapple on pizza, I don't care. Like, it, it doesn't hurt my feelings. So <laughs> it just confuses me, that's all. Um, but now that we've taken a topic from the middle and put it to the beginning, let's start with, let's go to uh, Bailey's first experience with Harry oh, Potter. Oh, I also had opinions about Forbidden Journey. Oh, let's hear your opinions about Forbidden Journey then. You just were so passionate and loud. Well, one of us has to be heard. Eduardo? <laughs> Passion and loud? What? You just described him to a T. The only other thing you needed to say was Puerto Rican. She knows who she married. Yeah. Um, so the reason why I don't like Forbidden Journey is because you go through the queue and it's so fun and whimsical and you're like, oh, I'm at Hogwarts. And then the whole story is just so scary. I don't understand why it's just the scariest ride ever made. I... I have never thought about it that way, but I really agree with that. I just wasn't ready for a scary-ass ride. Well, I want to spend... In the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride, I want to spend more time in Hogwarts. Go ahead. I have a question, Professor. <laughs> yes. Is the shit that happened at Hogwarts not scary to you? It is, but I'm not there to live out Harry's scariness. A regular Hogwarts student probably had a great time. So did you <laughs> want to get on the ride and go through Hogwarts and like the ride stops and like Severus Snape is in the classroom and he's it like, says, turn okay, to page Bailey, turn to page 372 and we're going to Like, what, are you, what did I'm you I'm really want? upset that you didn't do the Snape voice there. I can't do a Snape voice. Yes, you can. I Anyone can't do can. a Snape voice. I'm sure Bailey could do a great Snape voice. Why? I don't know. I've never done any voice. Third page, 360. <laughs> I can't. 360. Really bad. It's well, very bad. Well, here's the thing: is that it depends on what you're what you're expecting out of the thing, right? So for me, a lot of it for Harry Potter was about the story, but a lot of it about Harry Potter that, that draws me is the world, right? It's the world being. It's the idea of this magical place. It's the idea of Hogwarts that I've like fantasized about um, for many, many, many years. And so, um, it's I think wanting to, to to kind of be in that world is what I is what I kind of thought about. And that's kind of what I wanted out of the ride is to be in the world, be in Hogwarts, experience that. And I understand that it's it's Harry's story and it's about Harry, um, but I would have loved to see something about just the world, which is sort of what Fantastic Beasts is doing right now. Not I don't know, and I don't know if I love that, um, but well, I think Princess Peach's yelling "nope" in the chat was my Severus Snape voice. Just want to say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's about that. To, to end this one, I think we can move on to the next point is that I think that the land as a whole does such a great job of what you just described, like specifically Diagon Alley. And I think they had, they had under their belt an entire Harry Potter theme land that they built right before that. They were really smart about what they did with Diagon Alley. Um, they were incredibly extra smart with how they connected the two lands in different parks via attraction like that's one of the smartest things universal ever did and i'm not belittling them i'm saying like well done mm -hmm. um 
And I just think that if you are even mildly into Harry Potter and you go to Universal's either land, you're going to be blown away. Yeah. And if you're not, then you're just, I think you're, you might need to, <coughs> you know? <laughs> no, I'm with you. I think Harry Potter World is a crowding achievement and I would put it number one of my theme park attraction, like lands as a whole. I'd put it number one and it, I couldn't <clears throat> tell you another land that comes close. Like it's like the two Harry Potter worlds and then there's probably a pretty big gap between the next area that I can think of. Adventureland. Adventureland. <laughs> I never knew that Jurassic Park was right next to Hogsmeade in real life. That's way cooler than Diagon Alley. <laughs> yeah, if you take a left right after Hogsmeade, you're in Jurassic Park. In Jurassic Park. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. Should I tell my Harry Potter story? Yeah, let's hear your your Harry Potter uh, legacy. A legacy. Okay. So, <laughs> not to bring up my childhood again. Um, but my family thought that Harry Potter was like, I don't even know what people thought it was. The devil. It, yeah, just the devil just <laughs> as a whole. It was sorcery. Did. Who said that earlier? It was Penguin. <laughs> You're not from Georgia. <laughs> well, we lived in Louisiana for many years. Oh, and okay. North Carolina. So the, the South. Um, so... My mom thought it was like the devil, so we weren't allowed to read the books. And then I went to on a family vacation to North Dakota, and my cousins were watching Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And my mom was like, you guys love Jesus also. Like, what are you doing watching Harry Potter? And um, my cousin was like, no, this is <laughs> there's no devil worship here. <laughs> it's wholesome and whimsical and fun. Um, so then after that, my mom had one of my aunts that's a teacher, like, read the books to, like, approve it to make sure it was wholesome and there were no <laughs> devil worshipping in it. Uh, <laughs> and then after that, um, my aunt told my other aunt about it, and then my whole family was hooked on Harry Potter, so I read all the books. Um, I joined the Harry Potter world, I think, right before Order of the Phoenix came out, so I went to the midnight release of that book. Um, I saw all the movies at midnight, like, from then on. Um, so after getting past that first couple years of thinking it was the devil, I <laughs> became an, uh, a big fan. <laughs> Were you at the YouTube famous release of half-blood prince where the dude in the car drives by and screams snape kills dumbledore <laughs> Were you at that one? <laughs> no um because oh, in california because this is when i lived in um orange county well i lived in camp pendleton but orange county ish so all the barnes and nobles there would have like big parties and events so i didn't have to just stand outside in the cold i would like go in and there would be like Harry Potter themed snacks. That's when I first had Starbucks for the first time in my life. Was it a Harry Potter? Starbucks <laughs> is a Harry Potter themed snack. Well, no, but they had a Starbucks in the Barnes Noble that had like Harry Potter themed like weren't frappuccinos. They, weren't it, wasn't it Barney's Coffee before it was Starbucks? Or am I thinking something different? I mean, maybe, but I don't. That's not something I have kept up with. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's that on that. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I, I like that your mom didn't even want to, like, research herself. She, like, made her sister read th the possible devil's lettuce. I think that's how <laughs> being a parent was, like, before the internet was super big. You just heard something in the local just... newspaper. 
you just conned your sibling into doing the work for you before the internet. Well, the weird thing is, like, you guys have met my mom. Doesn't she seem like not the type to think that Harry Potter yeah, your mom's is the devil? Super cool and like not even a little. That's why he's saying that. I was like, right. that's not your mom. <laughs> that's a Horcrux. <laughs> So it seems like we all have some sort of connection to Harry Potter. And I think that there are, I, I would say probably the possible devil's lettuce. I would say that there's probably um, millions of people out in the world that have some sort of really deep rooted connection to Harry Potter. So what do you guys think it is? What is it about Harry Potter that, that makes it so special? Baby, Bailey, maybe you can start. Um, <laughs> if you have anything but what do you think what do you think about the Harry Potter universe the Harry Potter books the movies the, the universe in general that, that makes it so special and makes it something that people are like so passionate about um, so I think for me as a child this is probably so I started reading the books when I was like 10-ish so I'm prime like awkward stage of my life um, and I think that I just got really absorbed in like J.K. Rowling's storytelling I just think she's a really good storyteller um, she put a lot of thought into the Harry Potter universe and there's just a lot of details that she worked out. So I feel like when you read the books, you just get really wrapped up in the story and you just feel like you're part of it. <laughs> Peaches, what do you think? I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I didn't read this stuff until I was an adult. So at the time it was like, I was playing catch up. Everybody else already knew everything about the series they were all they'd all been immersed for a large portion of their life and i'm coming in here like guys can you believe that this thing happened and everyone's like yeah that's that's old news but i mean i'm glad you're enjoying it and um i mean that's not true there were people that were like excited while i was reading it because they were kind of reliving it through me i think the whole thing was i when i get into something like i get 120 percent into it like when I'm really gung-ho about something, I want ev to absorb everything about it that I can possibly cram into my face before I suffocate and die. And I just, <laughs> yeah, Princess Peaches was one of the ones living vicariously through me. Um, <laughs> when I finally came to understand everything that I was seeing at Universal in the theme park, that was one of those moments that felt really great. But also I think the thing about the books that like, carries with me more than anything else is just and this might sound cheesy or weird but it's honestly harry as a character <laughs> harry as a character to me is one of the most like i don't know the right way to say this maybe benevolent maybe he's one of the most benevolent humans i have ever read about in my life and i just think that his the amount of good that he is is something that I, I, cause I don't read a lot. I've just never read about that in depth and every single arc that he has. And I'll, I'll even argue that he, people claim that he's a whiner in order of the Phoenix. He went through some shit in order of the Phoenix. Okay. He literally saw uh, a kid get killed. Also, wasn't he like 15? He was 15 and saw right. somebody get murdered. Like it's fair for him to be a little angsty as a teenager while people are getting murdered when he's just trying to go to school like i get it but just like going going with him through those years and watching him develop and reading about this i don't know i i think that's what i take away more than anything else it's just how good of a character and i literally mean the word good as in good versus evil 
that Harry is. I'm going to stop the recording for just a sec on my end. You can just Frankenstein that shit together. Yeah, I'll figure it out later. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm with you. I think, um, I think for me, I've talked about this with video games as well, but I think Harry Potter was also a big part of this when I was a kid. I felt pretty alone. I didn't have a lot of friends. And I, video games were one of the ways that I sort of distracted myself instead of submerged myself in another world. But the Harry Potter books was another way, you know, as a kid who doesn't feel like they've got a lot of friends, they got a lot of, like they belong. The one thing that you really, um, kind of fantasizes about is some giant man bursting into your house telling you you're a wizard and taking you to a world where you're secretly famous and everybody loves you um (laughs) and as a kid who didn't have lots of people to like hang out with and and kind of felt alone at the time it, it was something that i really connected to and it also led to me finding other people that had the same passions about harry potter that i did i ended up finding lots of friends and somehow we all had this thing in common where we all talk about Harry Potter and we all did the Pottermore quiz and we've all, you know, gone to Harry Potter world. And I married someone who's just the freak as Harry Potter about Harry Potter as I am. And like, you know, it it is sort of really kind of turned the gears, um, on a lot of my friendships and a lot of the relationships that I've had. Um, and so it's, it's just an interesting, um, dichotomy and it's really something that I've been, um, I've been fortunate to be a part of, um, because it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about it, right? Like what you just said about it being so present in everybody's life, especially where we used to all live. It's like, there's not a single person that lives in this area of the country, unless they're like 94, that doesn't know what house they're in. Like there's not a single person that doesn't know that information. It's just so like, heavily ingrained into our culture as a whole uh, as a whole like you can see somebody on the street wearing another hufflepuff shirt and have a conversation as if you've known each other your whole life because of this one thing that's just been present right and it's kind of crazy it has that reach and just so everybody knows peaches and i are both hufflepuffs what up um, and Bailey over here is a Slytherin. Slytherin. A Slytherin. Well, that's why you guys get along, right? That's the the, the, like, the weird combo. Yeah, yeah. Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff Slytherin. <laughs> They're yeah. best pals. What's Princess Peach? She's a Gryffindor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's she's like a total Gryffindor. No, because oh, you know. thought she was a Ravenclaw. No, no, I thought she was mm-hmm. a Gryffindor. I just called it. No, she's a, she's a Gryffindor, but she's, like, I think also she's pretty Ravenclaw-ish. But then they came up with those weird, like, uh, like double houses. I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, did you? Guys I mean, take to the- to be fair, as 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 much as we've all put ourselves in a house, like, you really can't actually group people into only four groups. Like, you couldn't really do that. No, 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 Can no. You absolutely. Not? Not. <laughs> um, and look, I don't know. Um, but I think Harry Potter has. I don't know. Hermione vibes, yeah, I mean, totally. it was the only way I was going to get on this podcast. <laughs> you definitely don't want to hear my video game opinion. Um, so, Harry Potter also, along with the books, had maybe just a few movies come out. Um, it is the Harry Potter franchise, the third highest grossing movie franchise of all time. Second only to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which grossed, uh, I thought I wrote it on here, I guess I didn't. Which grossed a lot. 
and Star Wars, which was just behind it. Um, I think it was like fifteen billion for was Marvel number one. Marvel's well, they number have one. eighteen movies. I would hope they add up to a lot of money. Right, and and at the time that Harry Potter was big, Harry Potter was the number one franchise in the world. It was, and that was just before the like the big breakout of the Marvel movies um, and the resurgence of the Star Wars movies. Um, but Harry Potter still put out movies, not at the same rate that it was going before, but it's still uh, it's still popping out those Fantastic Beast movies. Um, but do the do the movies do a good job of translating the books? And which one do you think? Let's start off. Which which movie do you think is the best? Like which movie is the best in your opinion, and which movie translates the book to a movie the best? So like if you had never seen or never read the books, if like you had never read the-, the book, what is the best movie? Goblet of Fire. You think Goblet of Fire is the best mm. movie if you've never read the book? Or Prisoner of Azkaban. I think it's Prisoner of Azkaban, hands down. I think Prisoner of Azkaban is the best Harry Potter movie. Um, I don't think it's the most. Um, I don't think it's the most similar, but I do think that the 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 tone is exactly where I want it to be. It has just the right mix of whimsical and dark. Um, I think. Um, I think that the the movie in general, um, I think the introduction of Sirius Black is perfect. I think sort of the style of the movie, I think that's when it, the movies really find their style. I think for the first two movies, they're, they're trying to figure it out. But the third movie, they really kind of like um, sort of hunker down on it. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think there's something about Prisoner of Azkaban that's special. Also, we didn't figure this out until not too long ago. But did you guys know that Gary Oldman is Sirius Black? Because I didn't realize underneath all that, that's Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are hurting me so much right now. Skater I'm Gumby so thinks Deathly Hollows Part One is the best movie. I knew as soon as you brought this up. First of all, you used one of my trigger words, which Princess Peach has just brought up in the chat. She knew exactly what I was feeling when you said that. Second, <laughs> second. I knew as soon as you brought up this question that I was immediately going to disagree with you guys because of your response to which ride is better at the theme parks. Okay. Well, let's hear Half it then. Blood Prince, Half-Blood Prince is the best movie. Half-Blood Half Blood Prince. Prince. Go ahead. A, a book that is arguably, and I know you're going to talk about this later, but I'll just spoiler alert now. The book that is arguably the worst uh and makes it super lighthearted and fun it's like an actual fun movie to watch an actual fun movie to watch when dumbledore dies yes it's not a spoiler you know it's gonna happen it's like being surprised the titanic sinks i have never been so upset at you than right at this moment that you're saying all of these things the the movie takes a book that is somber as fuck and it makes it a lighthearted fun experience i say lighthearted wait it six i say lighthearted with an asterisk because obviously the content of that section of the story is very deep and serious but serious. It, it's not like <laughs> a drag to watch that movie Okay, can I say my... Go ahead. Okay, so I... Titanic was a boat. I'm close between Prisoner of Azkaban and Goblet of Fire. I think I choose Goblet of Fire because I feel like it's the turning point between the fun, whimsical movies, even though Prisoner of Azkaban is a little serious. Um, But it's... (laughs) (laughs) 
There's a lot of serious in Prison of Azkaban. But I feel like that's the middle point between where the series just gets really dark and when it's really whimsical. And do you rem- this is a really strange way to justify why it's a good movie, but do you remember at like Hot Topic and other stores where they had all the merch for all the yeah. different champions and people just would get behind their champion. <laughs> like you could buy Victor Crumb merch and just like be a big Victor Crumb fan. All right. I am with Princess Peaches in the chat. I need to talk to you and I need to tell you why Half-Blood Prince is a good book. Because And this is why I think Half-Blood Prince is a good book. And it's 100% based off of because, or why I think it's not that great of a movie. And it's 100% based off of I've read the book. I think the book does a fantastic job. And the, the book has all these other things, but the main purpose of the book is to talk about the relationship between Harry and Dumbledore. That is the that is the vessel. That is Harry and Dumbledore's book. That is where they have the most time together. That is where they explore their relationship, and that's where they really grow. And that's why at the end of the movie, when Dumbledore, or the end of the book, excuse me, when Dumbledore passes away, it's so impactful because of all this time that you spend with Dumbledore. The movie takes all that time and throws it out the window. And part of that is because and I'm, we, we can talk about this later, but I really, really dislike Michael Gambon as Dumbledore. And That's fine. I think his performance really suffers in Half-Blood Prince because that movie is supposed to be about Harry and, and, and Dumbledore's relationship. And I think that part gets completely lost, which is why I don't think Half-Blood Prince is a great movie. But it does have one of my favorite lines when Harry and Hermione are in the library and they're talking about this girl putting a love potion in his thing. And she's like, she thinks you're the chosen one. And he's like, but I am the chosen but one. I am the chosen one. <laughs> that was, see, it's funny. It's not laughs. So, and that's, that's part of it. it. They do do a good job of kind of lightening the mood. But... I, I, I need that because from that point on, Deathly Hollows is all serious for almost the entire time. Like I just recently reread these books and Deathly Hollows was the hardest one to reread because there's no fun in that book. They put a little bit of fun in the movie, but in the book, it's all serious all the time, all heavy. There's no Quidditch breaks. There's no fun moments. It is all just serious and and dark and, and hard to get through because there's just so much happening. I just want to say actually... Statistically, that no, book serious. is like maybe half a percent serious because he died in the in the fifth book. <laughs> How? D- <laughs> so should it's we just move really on to our favorite all, books? Okay, so let's. We've already started. We've already talked about this a hundred times. All right, so what is <laughs> what is our favorite books? I will start and say that Half Blood Prince. <laughs> <laughs> for a long time. I think I could have said Goblet of Fire hands down, but after rereading some of the books, I have grown a really fond appreciation for Order of the Phoenix. There is just something about Order of Phoenix that that really kind of drew that drew me in, and it, Order of the Phoenix did a really good job of building the world. Part of it is because the book is so damn long, um, but it really did a, a great job of, of building the world and kind of, of building everything together. Peaches, what is that look that you're doing? I'm just thinking like. Maybe now that you had, oh, please, I have to like, think about this. <laughs> Maybe now that you had real life experience working for Dolores Umbridge, you can understand <laughs> what happens in that book better. <laughs> yeah, I really feel personally for Harry. <laughs> like you can really empathize with him so much better now that you've actually worked for Dolores Umbridge in the flesh. 
I mean, it might be a better book now if we go back and reread it and go. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm picturing Dolores Umbridge as this exact human being the whole time. This is spot on. Anyway, keep going. Um, but that's 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 what I've got to say, uh, Bailey. What do you think? What's your what's your favorite book? Okay, so my favorite book is also Goblet of Fire. I just think it's a masterpiece. I think it's a great book, great story. I think the Barty Crouch, like the whole mystery throughout the book, like it's just such a twist. And I did say it's my favorite movie as a standalone, but I do also think that Goblet of Fire is the worst book to movie adaption. Like they, <laughs> like they just butchered the whole. Um, we agree. <laughs> they like butcher the whole Barty Crouch Jr. reveal. Like he's in the opening scene of the movie. It makes no sense, and that's like half of the point. Not half the point of the book, but that's a major plot point in the book is figuring out the mystery of this mystery person and then he's just in the movie like multiple times it doesn't make any sense so standalone goblet of fire is great and the book is great but it's the worst book to movie adaption Mm -hmm. they gotta give uh david Tennant screen time i think that's really what it was tongue flicking thing (laughs) there was was no tongue flicking in the book (laughs) (laughs) yo we've got a lot of love in the chat for like it seems three specific books slash movies lots of goblet love lots of deathly hollows love and lots of uh order lots the phoenix. of order of the phoenix love i gotta say personally i i am not just saying this because princess peach has said it uh deathly hollows is my favorite book also um it's probably my second favorite movie after half-blood prince um and yeah you're right there's a lot of seriousness in like to be more serious about it. There's a lot of seriousness in the final book, but the the final book is where Harry's true character comes out more than any other book, I think. And because that's to me what seals that series in as a great series, I I just love seeing Harry be 100% him and just kind of take this this challenge that he's been facing for 7 years and completely obliterate it you know i mean i I just the ending i i reread the ending of that book when i the first time i read it and i should say the only time because i have not gone back to reread them because i'm an idiot but the first time i got to the end of deathly hollows and i was reading what he says to voldemort before their final confrontation i reread it like 10 times because it was that powerful to me what harry had to say to him before they confronted each other. I, you know, I just think that that's the best example of Harry's character is in that book. So I don't know. I'm going to tell you something and it might make you mad. But yeah. I think the ending of the book is hot garbage. Like the ending or the 18 years later? The specific last point where they all um, are just sitting there talking to each other and they're like, this is how the story ends. I needed a little more. I needed one more chapter. I needed one more thing to to kind of resolve everything. I don't know if I needed the epilogue, um, but I needed I needed one more cha- like I did I couldn't I understand the reason of leaving it all with just Ron, Harry, and Hermione. Like I get why that was done, um, but I needed something else. I needed just just a little 
just a little more of what's going on with the world. Where is it going? How is it happening? And maybe that's on purpose. It probably is to kind of leave mystery and let you use your imagination. But I needed just a little more because after a book of just relentlessly tearing these people down, I needed a little bit more of them being okay. You know, and you didn't feel <clears throat> like it resolved well. Well, I think the epilogue helped with that a little bit, but the epilogue probably also isn't great, right? Like, um, I think it's fine. It's, I think it's a serviceable plot to kind of to kind of do that. But I wanted, to be honest, I couldn't give two shits about Albus Severus Potter. I want to hear about Harry and Hermione and Ron and all these people that I've grown so attached to. Like, I, I understand, like, oh, several years later, they have kids now. You can probably guess that they're doing great. But I needed to, I didn't know about all these other characters, like... What happened to Tonks and Lupin's kid? Harry is their godfather. Is Harry now have a kid that he's taken care of? I mean, maybe. I, I almost think epilogues are sometimes written so that speculation is not possible. Like, hey, this is what happened. Sure. End of story. Like, literally end of story because it's epilogue. But I didn't mean to make it a pun. And there it was. Hey. <laughs> um, I don't know. I didn't hate it. I... I, I almost would forgive anything that she wrote at the end of the book after the confrontation with Voldemort. Like she could have written Peaches is fucking hot, hot garbage. He <laughs> is the worst Kaiser Mario player that ever existed. And one day he's going to get hit by a bus. And I would have been like, yeah, but man, that confrontation was so good. <laughs> I that's Deathly Hollows is the only book that I've never reread. So I haven't read it since it came out in what, like 2007? Yeah. Because, you know, I waited so long to get the book. I went to the midnight release party. I went home, stayed up all night to read it. And half of the book is just them, like, in the woods being sad. And then there's just no resolution. Like, I think that she ultimately tied the whole story together well, but I just didn't feel satisfied after waiting for the book. So maybe if I reread it, I would enjoy it more, but it's just not what I wanted. Well, I and I've reread I read the reread the books just a few weeks ago, and rereading the seventh book was definitely the hardest of the three. I still read it, I read through it like crazy because I'm addicted to these books. Um, but I I couldn't get through the book because it was so heavy. It had such a heavy tone to it, and there's no moments of relief. Did you throughout wish the that book. there was a dance scene with Harry and Hermione? <laughs> to kind of book? break it up. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and movie Deathly Hollows is its own separate thing, like that weird dance scene with Harry and Hermione. And I will also say that I think movie Harry and Hermione make a better couple than movie Ron and Hermione. And I think that should have been where that went. And I think Ginny and Harry. Let's see here. So Harry, Hermione, and Ron. <laughs> Well, I would have loved. You know what? I also would have shipped Ron or Harry and Luna. I would have shipped Harry and Luna. I just didn't love Ginny in the movie. I never saw the connection at any point in the whole they just, series. The actors didn't have any chemistry, in my opinion. Sam is like in church saying "Amen" to everything Bailey said. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. I don't know if I really had that many feelings about like who ended up with who I, I didn't really mind that much. I didn't have anything against book version of Ginny. Like I didn't hate her, but I didn't love her either. Movie version of Ginny was kind of just there to be there. She's a not like, great actress at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was just kind of on camera sometimes. And you're like, I know who that is. Cause she's got red hair. 
Yeah, there's like a really awkward scene where they where they do their kiss, which is different than has had happens in the book. They're in the room of requirement, and she like goes to like tie his shoe, and it's a really weird camera angle <laughs> thing because it just it looks really weird. Okay, she tried to touch his wand. Is what you're saying? That, it, that's what it looks like. That's what the shot like makes it almost look like, and you're like. What's happening? Like, stop this. Wingardium, his Leviosa. Well, in the book, it's this big grandiose thing because Harry doesn't get to play in the final game and they end up winning the Quidditch Cup and he walks in and he just says, fuck it, I have feelings for Ginny and he kisses her and it makes a lot more sense. Um, But in the book, they're just kind of like, oh, we're going to make out now because reasons. So he has that super, well, I am the chosen one. Well, I am the chosen one, sure. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I just wasn't buying it. And whatever. So I don't have a good segue. You, you're the one with the notes right now. So <laughs> Dumbledores. We've got one Dumbledore. We've got another Dumbledore. We've got. Um, I've got, I wrote their names down here. So we've got Richard Harris, who was the original Dumbledore, passed away right after the second movie, and then you've got Michael Gambon, who took it on for the rest of the series. Um, I recently watched um, Chamber of Secrets, which I would say is the movie slash book that I've seen the least. Chamber of Secrets. Um, I, I, I've enjoyed watching it recently because it's been like, oh, look at this thing that I don't remember that much. So it's like a fresh take on Harry Potter where the other ones I've like consumed so many times that like I could probably recite to you a lot of the movies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but after Chamber of Secrets, you were like, that movie's kind of out there. Now I remember why I haven't watched it the movie. Lot. The movie is cuckoo bananas and doesn't make sense in the book it's, as well. It's really interesting that you say that because Chamber of Secrets is the one that I remember seeing on TV, like the brought to TV movies more than anything else. Like you probably have, everybody always probably has had this movie. If you've ever had cable, there's some movie in your life where you turn on the TV at whatever time you would normally turn the TV on and you go to like TNT or FX or something and the same movie is playing in the same exact spot that was it started last time you turned the TV on. And one of those movies for me was Chamber of Secrets. Like, it was always on. For me, it was the VH1 Temptations movie. Yeah. That's really weird. <laughs> I've seen that movie so many times. I wonder what time we all watch TV now. It's I really don't know. Because um, another one like me, or another one that that happened with was the fifth element like the fifth element was always on some channel when i turned the tv on (laughs) i don't know yeah and the chamber of secrets and the chamber of secrets but chamber of secrets were that there but specifically back to um to richard harris why i think richard richard harris had a little had like he had reverence about him. He, he was someone that you could look to and you could immediately revere. He took the character in which the way that I thought the book should be. Harry Potter, or Dumbledore was a calm figure. He was someone who was sure of himself. He was someone who knew um, what was going on. Um, and he knew... He, he Richard Harris knew how to portray that Dumbledore. I think the reason I don't like Michael Gambon as much, a lot of it can be summed up with his scene in... Goblet of Fire. And everyone who knows Harry Potter knows what scene I am talking about. If you read the book, it says very clearly after Harry's name gets drawn out of the Goblet of Fire that Dumbledore calmly asks Harry, Harry, did you put your name in the goblet? Well, if Harry says he didn't, he didn't do it. And that's just the Dumbledore that I know. And Michael Gambon took Dumbledore to a different place. And I just couldn't get behind it because this performance was like, 
Perry, did you put your name in that couplet? And he's like shaking Harry and like pins him up against the wall. And I just cannot, I just cannot get behind that. Your Dumbledore impression is slightly better than my Snape one. Look, if I didn't yeah, get through... I, I have to agree with Gumby on this. Like, do you think that's Michael Gambon? Because I think that he did an okay job in the rest of the series for the most part. I think he continues... Or do you think it was the director saying like, no, he wouldn't have said that. He would have been really passionate about it. He's mad. His school looks bad. I think he continues to improve as the movies go on. But I never once thought, man, this is the person I want playing double. He just didn't... I never respected him the way that... And that's not his fault. It's just... There's just so, certain people that the way they present themselves, they, they give off a certain energy. And I think Richard Harris had that. He had that that energy of someone who... I don't know, somebody that you that you respected, right? And it could have been the direction. It could have absolutely been the direction. But... Hey, Richard Harris had this weird old man vibe that you could tell he really cared about Harry. That him as an actor really portrayed that like grandfathery type that I think Harry is supposed to have as like a as like a figure, right? Supposed to have a figure in his life. Whereas Michael Gambon felt like sort of like a colleague of Harry's and sort of like his teacher that like had his own thing going on. And throughout the books, you know, like there's a line um, at the end of Half Blood Prince where he's like. Uh, not Alpha Prince, excuse me, Order of the Phoenix, where he's telling Harry about the prophecy and about everything. And he's like, well, Harry, the, 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 the main mistake that I made is that I cared about you too much. And they say that line in the movie, and I did not believe it for a second. Like when he says, you know, um, I cared about you too much, and that's the reason why, uh, you know, this we're, we're having all these problems. I didn't believe Michael Gambon when he said that, whereas in the book, and part of it is because the interaction is longer, and that might be the direction, but... You, you, you feel it in the book, whereas I don't feel that in the movies. And I definitely think the movie's biggest lack is the relationship between Dumbledore and Harry. You know, this is going to be a hot take, and I'm not just saying this because um, Princess Peaches is in this chat. Um, but I'll pose the question, and then I'll just say my answer, and I won't explain why. If it wasn't going to, after Richard Harris passed away, if it wasn't going to be Gambin playing Dumbledore, who do you think would have fit the role well? My answer is Christopher Lee. Go ahead. Can you tell me who Christopher Lee is? He is in Lord of the Rings. He's the evil wizard. Oh, the evil one. Sauron. 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 What yeah. about um the other one? Gandalf. Gandalf. Did you see that interview Ian where McKellen? Ian McKellen is like doing some interview on some talk show and they ask him what it's like to play Dumbledore and he's like... <laughs> I didn't play Dumbledore. I think Ian McCon would have done. I think Ian would have done a good job. You know, I just, I just couldn't get behind Michael Gammon. And you know, God bless him. Maybe he, you know, really loves the character. He probably tried his best, but I just couldn't. I think that's where the movies really lose me is Dumbledore. I think a lot of the other parts I can really. Um, Liam Neeson. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of the other parts. Liam Neeson would have been really like. <laughs> Liam Neeson would have gone up to Harry and been like, you put your name in the Goblet of Fire, and now you're going to die. <laughs> Bailey Bailey should have played. <laughs> I meant to say Saruman. I'm sorry, Princess Peaches. I was in the right... You know what I meant. 
The Jackie only Chan. bad thing I have to Jackie. say about the old Dumbledore is he makes me so sleepy. <laughs> Part of it, the but the, one? yeah, but yeah. that's because he's like a real old person. I feel like Michael Gambon is a young person, somebody who like is like younger trying to play an older person. <laughs> Whoever played Gimli, I like that <laughs> answer. Yeah, it would have been a lot of wizard for one guy. I agree with that. He would have played the same character. And I mean, Saruman would have also played a wizard, but I would have loved to see Christopher Lee because the two things that I know Christopher Lee from really well, like better than everything else, is the Lord of the Rings series and Attack of the Clones. I mean, he's also in um, Revenge of the Sith, but Star Wars. And in both of those, he plays like this really brooding evil guy. And I think that he could do a good job like carrying... A, a good intentioned role. Does that make sense? You know, that's the thing is I don't think I could see it because what I wanted more out of Michael Gambon specifically was softness. I don't think Michael Gambon was soft enough. He needed he needed a little bit more softness. He needed a little bit more sorrow, a little bit more emotion in his eyes. Teddy mm. escaped. How did he do that? Oh, I like that it's answer. Honestly, too. kind of impressive. Um, John Rice Davies, yeah. He kind of so, looks like John. If you guys Google real quick, John Rice Davies, he actually kind of looks like. You spelled it wrong. Who cares? Like so wrong. No. Yeah, it's he kind of does. Hold on, I'm looking. I could, up. I could see it. I would like it. I think. I agree with Bailey though. I think the original Dumbledore, like he was obviously a very good fit, but he talked way too slow, man. He, he. <laughs> He had a really slow cadence about him. Like, he did. Just pick it up, dude. Get he did. It on, he get did. on with it. He did. He yeah, did. could you imagine all the scenes in the later movies where it's just Harry and Dumbledore talking? They would have taken so long. And I don't think that Dumbledore was lively enough to do some of the scenes that later Dumbledore did. Like, could you imagine that frail old man in the cave? Drinking, and- like, drinking the potion and, like, crying about it and, like, I don't know. I kind of could. Well, we'll never know. No, we really won't. I mean, maybe they'll do a new... I mean, there's no way they don't redo Harry Potter at some point, right? Like, there's no way they don't, like, reboot the whole series and maybe, like, do a TV show or something, right? Like, that's gonna happen. It won't happen, I think, in our immediate lifetime. I think when we're, like, old people, they'll be like, you know what we should do, man? We should redo Harry Potter. And I think it'll happen. Um, Yeah, that's... There's already a show. Is it? It already happened. It was called Wizards of Waverly Place. (laughs) Hey, man, maybe you can get Selena Gomez to come on your stream next. What kind of TV Yo! show? <laughs> what would you want to see a TV cool. show of, though? Uh, I'd love to see... I would love to see the Marauders in their, like, high school Oh, that'd be so cool. As a TV show. Of, like, like Padfoot prongs and then everything. Every time you see Wormtail, you, like, throw your beer at the screen. Like a 10-episode, like, limited series. I would really yeah, would like you, to... <laughs> go ahead. If, if there was a moder- Marauders series, would you still have a weirdly a weird fascination with severus snape because you know he's gonna be a fucking douche lord in a marauder series but that he was bullied he was bullied we're not there yet we're not there yet you guys need to calm down you're already going at each other we haven't even started yet we need to talk a little bit more about what harry potter properties we want to see and then we'll finish it off with the snape debate which i just thought of that's a good name, but the Snape debate. Snape debate? <laughs> yeah, um, it mildly rhymes. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see a limited series or some sort of story talking about the founders of Hogwarts. I think that'd be a cool story to talk about, um, like how Salazar built an entire chamber underneath the castle without the other four, the other three knowing about it. How did he do that? 
in a bathroom. I think I don't <laughs> think that you are that far fetched right now. I think they're already on the path of not, and I I don't mean this like I want it to die, but they're already on the path of not letting the series die with sure. the the Fantastic Beast, Fantastic Beast series. And I think when that's over, people are still gonna like everybody will continue to pay for Harry Potter things, no matter what that thing is. I mean, I didn't buy this shirt, but somebody did for me. Shout out to Princess Peaches. Um, like people are going to continue to buy Harry Potter things, whatever that thing is, until our generation, possibly the one below us, completely dies out. Yeah, I agree. And if the generation below the generation below us starts to learn about Harry Potter, they're going to keep it too. You know, I think they're going to have to come up with new content because it's just not going to be enough for people once the current content is done. No, I agree with you. Um, but we can finally get to the moment everyone has been waiting for, the great debate, the great Snape debate, even though I just said <laughs> I already messed Don't it up. Don't hype it up, man. The great Snape debate between my wife Bailey and Peaches. So it's, it's tough because framing this question has a lot to do with how you how you do the argument so i'll put it this way are you team snape or are you not team snape and why and that puts it at the easiest the easiest i think break position like i think getting too specific like saying was snape a good person or was snape a redeemable character i think that's too specific i think you should either say i like snape or i don't like snape because if you go too far into it that can be part of your argument absolutely but if you try to choose one quantifiable thing i think this 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 debate will go nowhere. I think we should address some things we both agree on, though, probably. I think it's fair I, to say that we both think that Snape is an important character to the story, and he adds yes. value, and he is a key character. It's yeah, just, we cheated, and we talked about this ahead of time because we wanted to make sure we were arguing oh, about it. Oh, so you just <laughs> didn't involve me. So while I'm I'll just take off my head. You both take it away. I'll be over here. Go walk our dog while you're... <laughs> taking yeah. it away he's not really leaving right he's i don't coming know back. where he's going to, to be honest he's still walking away listen internet at large you know that we did he come back and grab kleenex <laughs> no he grabbed a cup to get juice oh, okay that would have been really weird um well because obviously listen chat we didn't want to you know be surprised by what the prompt was and then come onto the internet and have all these notes possibly prepared to talk about Snape on this side versus Snape on this side, whatever that argument might be. And then for us both to just actually agree with each other, like that would have been weird, right? So when Bailey and I were talking about this in text, we were like, okay, are we arguing about whether or not he was a good character or are we arguing about whether or not he was a good person? And I said that he's not a good person. And Bailey said that he is a good person. And that's kind of where we landed. All right. Well, so then let's get it. Decided seemed the best thing. Good. <laughs> I'm glad the two of you decided this without telling the person that does the show notes. Real nice. Well, your question hey, listen, was, is he trash Couples tell each other not? everything. I thought she would talk to you about it. We're a couple. You should have told me. <laughs> Who wants to start? So, so what do you, you, you start it. You're the, listen, Eduardo, it's not that different from what the actual prompt is, but I don't think with the prompts that you suggested, we're going to have a, a great debate because we're no, both sure. going to be like, yes, he was important. 
Sure. Okay. Okay. I'll bring up a point, and then you can bring up a point or a counterpoint. Okay. So I think he was a good person that did bad things. My point for him being a good person is he more or less dedicated his entire life to protecting Harry. And at the end, he dies so that Harry can succeed in the end. So that is my initial point. Okay. So I'll just start off with the stereotypical thing that comes to everybody's mind right away. But it's stereotypical for a reason because it's important in that even if he was protecting Harry by doing the things that he did, he belittled and bullied children for the entire existence of every kid in that school that he interacted with while Harry was there, except for the handful of people he gave preferential treatment to. And even if he had beef with Harry's dad, he didn't have to take it out on children. Like he was rude to several children for reasons that don't actually make sense to be rude to children for like, and and what people will say is like, yeah, but he had to he had to play both sides. He couldn't let one side know that he was on the other side, let them know he was on the other side. But like it wouldn't have been any more or less in the long run devastating if Snape was like a neutral person or if he was slightly nice to most of the kids. If in the end of the sixth book, he goes, yo, bitches, I'm actually playing for the other side. Like, it wouldn't have been that much different. Everybody still would have felt betrayed. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't, he put on such a weird facade. He, his, he decided on his facade, I'm an adult that treats children like shit. That's See, what he decided his persona was. And I think he's a good person, but I don't even necessarily think that is his facade. I think, I mean, think about Snape's character and his upbringing. I don't remember like the details of his family. You just like read the book, so maybe you can he refresh was, me. So they, they, they go into a lot of um, detail about um, how Snape did not have a good like upbringing, how he was like abused. And they, they, they like, they don't say the words abuse specifically, but it's implied that he does not have a good family life. Um, there are lots of scenes in which even Harry, there's a whole scene of it in, um, it's in Prisoner of Azkaban or Order of the Phoenix? Which one? It's Order of the Phoenix, because that's when Harry goes into Snape's pensive and watches Harry's dad basically torture Snape. Oh, no, I was going to talk about that. But does isn't there also a scene where, like, um, Snape's parents are, like, mean to him or his dad's mean to him? Yeah, yeah. Like and so, so they, they do talk about so that. So he has a shitty life at home, like Harry does, but then he also goes to Hogwarts and has a shitty life because it seems like he's bullied for no particular reason. Um... I'll feedback. tell you why he's dog. bullied. It's because he has literally never heard of shampoo. <laughs> he, no one taught him about shampoo. They threw all the shampoo away, and he's never washed his hair once in his life. But has Harry showered in any of the books? I think he showered, I mean, he took a bath in Goblet of Fire, but that's all we know I mean, in the whole series. They only really allude to him showering slash bathing once or twice, but... I, <laughs> I didn't mean that like I didn't mean that like he's a bad person because he hasn't shampooed. I'm just saying nobody taught him about shampoo. Maybe that's why he was bullied. But also to counter myself, um, 
maybe he intentionally left his hair as gross as possible so people would not attempt to polyjuice potion him. I guess that is a fair point. <laughs> it no it could have been that way. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't always work, but, you know, it deterred a lot of people, I assume. Anyway, um, where are we at? <laughs> anyways, uh, so he has a shitty life at home. He's a shitty life at Hogwarts. He's we. Uh, what Eduardo was talking about, the scene where uh, James like dangles him up and everyone laughs at him. And I think because he had such a bad life that made him make some bad choices, and throughout the series, he does good things to redeem himself and try to be a good person at heart. But he lives with this angst of, you know, being bullied his well, entire life. And he has a lot of pain, right? Like, his pain shows through a lot. Um, I mean, he not only does the hatred that he has for James for all of the bad things that he did to him, when he looks at Harry, he sees that. But he also sees James, the person who married the love of his life, the only person that ever really cared about him. And that also, like... You know, that, that, that's got to invoke some emotion. That doesn't, that's not me taking a side here, but I will say that that, I mean, I can, I can draw the lines there. So let's say though, that the per, the only person that ever loved you in your life and the person or that cared about you in your life and the person you love more than anything, you just decide to start calling them racial slurs because that's what Snape did. He did that one oh, time and then there's a chapter literally in, is it Order of the Phoenix? It's in, the, no, it's in, um, the last one. No, um, it's called Snape's Worst Memory in, I think, Order of the Phoenix or Half-Blood Prince. And you think it's his worst memory because James is, like, bullying him in front of everyone and everyone's laughing. But then at the very end, you find out that it's his worst memory in his entire life because he called Lily a mudblood once. So he spends his entire life trying to redeem himself for this one moment. Yeah, well, that's, like, one of those words that I will not say on stream that, like... We all know some of those words where it doesn't matter what tone you say it in or how you say it to somebody. If you say it to somebody, it's very offensive. That's the wizard version of one of those words. Like, first, first off, he you was... can't love somebody as much as he claims to and call them that without thinking about it first. Like, so you didn't say any dumb stuff when you were like 15? I'm not saying that people can't change. I'm saying that that sort of thing is not what you say to someone you care about that much. But when you're 15, do you understand that? Do you, when you're in a, first off, when you're an abused 15 year old kid who gets picked on every day at school, do you understand that, right? Like when I, I was like with Bailey or Eduardo. <laughs> well, like, well, like, <laughs> like I think, well, like, well, I think when I think of like myself, I said some really stupid things to a lot of people when I was young because I didn't know what it was like to have people care about me, what it was like to have friends care about me. I said a lot of stupid things to people, and now that I think about when I'm older, obviously, I used to say a lot of words I shouldn't have said. I used to say a lot of things I shouldn't have said. And when I think about it now when I'm an adult, um, you know, I kind of cringe at it, but I can grow from it. And I think the point Bailey's trying to make is that Snape grew that way as a character, right? Um, and I think, and I don't know if you're going to touch on this, but I think the person or the, the the Dumbledore specifically the person that he asked of most more than anyone else in the entire series was Snape Snape was asked to do the most terrible things and to live the most terrible life and still be part of Dumbledore and he asked over and over again not to do things and Dumbledore said no you have to because we need to do this for Harry he didn't want to kill Dumbledore he didn't want to do all these things um <laughs> you're gonna have to argue for both sides eduardo you're showing your bias. well i just i think 
That's that's at least my opinion on it. But okay. go ahead, back. That's my opinion. Okay, so to argue back though, if you think that his biggest regret is that he called Lily the worst thing that the wizarding world. Well, I don't think that. That's what he thought was his biggest well, regret. To to allude on that though, if that is the case, I'm not saying you think that, but if that is the case then why spend your time trying to redeem yourself by being a shit to the only part of Lily that still exists on this planet? Harry Potter. Because it's the also only... the only part of James that exists on this planet. And James is the reason why he said this awful thing to Lily. And it's debatably why Snape decided to go down this wrong path of joining the Death Eaters. Because all the, like, normal wizards bullied him. And he's, obviously the Death Eaters are very welcoming because they want followers. <laughs> so you could blame James for everything. I feel like you're helping me right now by saying, oh, also Snape joined a terrorist organization. But then he also became a double agent. Like, he had the biggest long con I've ever heard of. Like, he was playing both sides, not just, like, he wasn't just tricking, like, regular people. Like, Voldemort legitimately thought that he was on his side. Like, is that not impressive? It's, it is impressive, which is why I think that he is an important character to the story. Like, this goes back into him being an important character to the overall arc and progression of the series. And it only ended the way it ended because of the things that Snape did. But a lot of the ways he chose to conduct himself and the way that he got there, I think were unnecessary. Like, another thing, another example um, that is brought up often is when he's the substitute teacher in Lupin's class and he basically shits all over werewolf kind and tries to reveal to the class that Lupin is a werewolf to like out him. Like he's trying to steal his job. He's wanted that position for years and now he's using his position as a substitute to try and rob Lupin of that job. (laughs) I mean, you're probably thinking what I'm thinking, but like I can already see the hole in that. What are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking that if there's like a group of people that Snape hated more than anyone, it was James's friends and Lupin was one of James's best friends. So like he literally yeah. has like bad beef. Like they have, they don't like each other. Like it makes sense. Like, because Lupin I... was right there next to James when Snape was getting all dangled. Well, and, and I'm stuff. not going to say it was his best moment, but my whole thing is that he is a good person that does bad things rather than a bad person that does good things. But how many of you guys in the workplace are like, man, this guy who is a 40-year-old adult is acting like a child. Yes, we don't like each other, but at least I can conduct myself like a respectable human being in front of them. Like, I didn't like working for Dolores Umbridge, and I still didn't call her a mudblood, (laughs) and I still didn't demean her in front of her colleagues. Because she would have fired you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's not how a good person conducts themselves. Themselves. If it's Venom, there's two of them. It made sense for one one individual. <laughs> see, I disagree. I feel like we're agreeing on some of the same points, but I just see it as him being good with some bad moments throughout the series. But like at his core, I believe that he was a good person. Do you think that if he treated everybody neutral 
instead of treating 90% of people like they were human feces, do you think it would have been the same payoff in the end? It would have been the same betrayal? Do you, like, the story would have pretty much turned out the exact same way. I don't think so. I don't think as a reader it would have been as much as a, a twist because Harry is, like, such a, like, he's such a, like, conspiracy theorist the entire series. Anytime there's anything going wrong, he's like, it was Snape, it was Snape. And so I think for the reader, it was really great at the end to see that it was Snape all along that, like, helped him get to this point. So, I mean, maybe it sucked for Harry that he had to be bullied a couple times throughout the years. But I think it just had more impact for the reader that this entire time you're wanting to be on Harry's side and be like, Snape's just out to get him. But really, Snape has his best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. I like, I want to get on board because I'm an agreeable person, but I, I just can't. I think there's just, there's other ways to do that and hating on somebody because their dad bullied you. And I'm not saying that James did not bully him. He bullied the shit out of Snake. Like he was not cool to Snake. Like he was a giant douchebag to Snake, but he's dead. Like he's been dead for a long time. His son wasn't there when he was bullying you. His son has no idea that this happened until you infiltrated his mind without his permission. And in retaliation, he infiltrated yours. He never would have known about that otherwise. See, but I just don't think there would have been an opportunity for Snape to kind of like go off on his own and like get this closure. Like he just had to live his whole life trying to protect Harry on behalf of Lily. So he never got the chance to just be off on his own and like deal with his like childhood trauma so it just pops up throughout the series well right because he goes directly from being a death eater his entire life from the point that he goes to dumbledore is dedicated to like protecting harry and being part of this long con that was me in the chat i was i was doing this (laughs) i don't know i i just think it could have been done another way and i think that there's definitely, I'm, I will never be the person to say that people can't change because people can change. That's very important as humans that we all understand, even outside of the scope of Harry Potter, is that change is capable and it's important and people do it a lot. Um, maybe not as often as we'd all like them to, but it does happen. And I just think he could have gone about it several other ways. <laughs> Several. I have one last point. Okay. It's kind of a cheap point. You, but a cheap point. Cheap. Like Oh, cheap. Uh so Harry names his son after Severus Snape. So I feel like if Harry thought Snape was an important enough character to Snape's life or to Harry's life to name his own child after this person that bullied him a couple times throughout the years, like says a lot to Snape's character. Or it says that Harry just is really bad at picking names. But he says that he named him Albus Severus, and we all know how much he loved uh, Dumbledore, and he was willing to put Snape's name right next to Albus. I think J.K. Rowling actually wrote that he named his son, his middle name Severus, because he felt like convicted to do so for some reason 
I, I just read this. I, I don't think what J.K. Rowling says is canon. I know that she's the... She says some outrageous things. I don't think what the author of the series says is canon. But well, if what the like author she... of the series says is not canon, oh, then... It's her fault that his middle name was Severus. Oh, sure, because Severus. Oh, sure, because George Lucas is still making movies. What does that have to do with Harry Potter? Because she's getting George Lucas right now. People are like, all right, JK, you're getting a little crazy. We're going to need you to back away from our beloved property. <laughs> yeah, Eduardo gets mad when I say this, but I really hate JK Rowling on Twitter in the last, like, five years. She just will randomly, like, drop a bombshell, like, through a tweet. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong about that. That there's no debate. I also, uh, I also is- think that if you're gonna say that Snape should have gotten over a little bullying and and learned to move on from his life, wouldn't that be something you should be saying to Harry? Like, f- figuring all the th- good things that Harry that Snape did for Harry, wouldn't you say that like maybe the the bad things Harry should ignore and think about like. You know, you're like, take the first movie, for example. The first movie where Snape is a dick, and the entire time Harry's like, it's Snape, Snape, it's Snape, it's Snape. And every time you see it, Snape has actually been protecting Harry rather than hurting him. Like, the Quidditch field where Harry's broom gets bewitched, and Snape is muttering a counter curse to try to save Harry. And you think it's Snape the whole time, but it's actually... Also, in Deathly Hollows, he, like, saves George for no reason at all. Because, you know, George isn't the child of Lily. Like, Snape did that just because he was... Was a good person not because he had any like i feel like that point doesn't help you or hurt me because um like what you just described by saying what does that say about harry naming his child after the person that at the at the end of all that stuff saved his life it doesn't say anything about what snape did i mean it does to harry it shows that Harry is a forgiving person and saw that everything he did was for a greater good. But that doesn't mean that Snape is inherently a good person because he did those things. Like, that's Harry's decision to name his kid after this man. So what if, for example... So it's, like, neutral. That's, like, not a point for either side. But what if, what if you were someone who... What if Snape had been trying to kill Harry from the beginning... And then throughout a journey with his old uncle, he decided that he didn't want to kill Harry, but he wanted to train him to be the Avatar. <laughs> and then... <laughs> hey. Uh, hey. Snape here. Z- Snape here. Zuko here. <laughs> uh, Snape here. Uh, I just wanted to say sorry for all those times I tried to... Uh... <laughs> Well, and like, maybe maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's because Snape never gets the chance to apologize and be like, I'm sorry for all those things I did to you. Let me try to help you. Like, you never get that real redemption from Snape. I think J.K. Rowling's way of doing it is when Snape gives Harry the memories. And that's supposed to be Snape's way of, like, redeeming himself and being like, look at all these things. But in a lot of ways, I'm going to agree with Zach that him giving him that memory is selfish of Snape, right? It's me saying, Harry, I need you to take this because I need to feel better about myself. Like, I need you to know that I'm better than I actually am, even though I know for a fact I was shitty for uh, to you. And if I knew that I was shitty to you, I would give you these memories to make myself seem less shitty. Like, he's yeah, self-aware like, of his own shittiness. Like, that's kind of like those people that do good deeds and then they post about it on Facebook. Where they're like, hey, dude, today I I walked 14 old women across the crosswalk and I just want everybody to be a better person. Like, 
I agree. That was really nice of you. Why are you bragging about it? You don't do a good deed so you can brag about it. You do a good deed because it's the right thing to do. You know? I mean, Princess also makes a good point. Like, you'd really have to define what good is. I mean, that's what the, our, our entire... That could be like a whole, like, college class. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But, I mean, our entire... Um... Our entire argument is subjective anyway, so it's. I mean, it'll eventually be. I mean, none of no one's gonna win this argument, right? Because you oh, no. can't. You can't really define. You can't change my mind. <laughs> you can't change. Like there, this debate will go on forever because there will always be people that think on both sides. About sure. This. Sure. Um, absolutely. But I don't know. I don't feel like I lost to a lawyer. I don't think like. I won, you but I don't feel me like a I... lawyer. I've had like one year and two months of law school. You're a lawyer, damn it! It's all in your mind, okay? <laughs> Be the lawyer. <laughs> Lawyered. Lawyer. <coughs> well, that, that I think that's it, folks. I think we had a very successful, what up, Josh? Successful long episode of Squad Up. I guess this might be our longest episode yet, but we did have a pretty, pretty meaty. Big meaty claws topic to talk about. Um, but before we go, Bailey, since you're off starting your own slime making channel, how about Stop, you let everybody know where they can find you? Yo, people like that. Bailey, do it. Plug your slime. I don't have a slime channel. So one day as a joke, not a joke, I just stumbled upon this part of the internet where people make slime. And I was like, what a weird video. What a weird concept. Oh, so weird. And then two hours later, I'm like, these videos are so mesmerizing and then i took eduardo to target and then we bought slime supplies and now i have we just a small small collection of slime for personal use i'm not gonna sell my slime two bits for slime <laughs> bailey thank you for gaining me two bits because you <laughs> watched slime videos thanks gumby and makes her own slime apparently yeah yeah do you want to like pimp your law school or anything uh, no, I don't want to be found, honestly. Yo, you can find me at twitch.tv slash almost a lawyer, but not really. I've only been in school for one year and some change. Kins. You can find me at Instagram. How do I... <laughs> Just fuck. You can Have find you me on Eduardo Instagram. This, like 20 times. I don't want people to find my Twitter or my Facebook or my. Oh, that's all you needed to say. You can find my Instagram at Baileykins, K-I-N-Z as in Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Peaches, show her how it's done. I I think this time, though, I don't need to tell the folks where to find me. Uh, I guess there, for the person of the recording. There are people listening to the podcast, yeah, yeah. remember. <laughs> if you are not in the chat right now, next time we record our podcast, you should be twitch.tv slash Peaches, P E A C H three Z. Come on in, hang out while we talk about nerd stuff and uh, play games afterward. And uh, if you want to follow me on socials, you can see what's going on in my real life on Instagram, D underscore Peaches. And uh, all my schedule updates go live on Twitter, same handle. Uh like Peaches said, we're going to be going live on Peaches' channel from now on, so twitch.tv slash Peaches, every Thursday 7.30pm. Next week, we're going to do a video game episode. Dennis is going to be back on. We're going to have a good time. And then the week after that will be our big BlizzCon prediction show. We're going to talk all about it, and the week after that, there won't be a show, because we're going to be at BlizzCon having one hell of a time. Weedle, um, weedle, weedle, weedle. We're really psyched about it. We will do a show after that. 
telling you all about our trip and everything that we did, BlizzCon and just Californian in general. So be on the lookout for that. You can find me at ABCD Eduardo basically everywhere. You can find the show at Squad Up Podcast essentially everywhere. Um, and you can email the show. Please email the show with any questions that you have. SquadUpPodcast at gmail.com. Send an email in. We'll read it on the show. You want to hear it? Get your voice heard? Please, for the love of God, somebody email the show. <laughs> I emailed you one time and you didn't read it on the show. I don't remember what you said, but I it think was... I just said penis and that was it. Yeah, well, there's that. How dare you? <laughs> there's that. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for being here. Um, we've had a lot. Of, we've had a good turnout. We're gonna play some games here, so stick around. Um, but for myself, for Bailey, for Peaches, good luck. Have fun. And Harry, did you put your name in that couplet? Bye, everybody! Okay. <laughs>